0: So apparently there's some big fight coming up in about a week in Las Vegas. Maybe you heard something about it. Saul Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Triple G Golovkin, doing a rematch almost one year out exactly from their first fight in 2017. I'll be there, I know a lot of you guys will be there, and those of you who can't be there will be watching the fight on pay-per-view or streaming it for free, uh, watching it live. So obviously this is the biggest event in fight sports, I would say, of the year, of 2018. Uh, There's a lack of buzz, comparative to the first fight. But I'm telling you guys, come fight week, a couple days before the fight, everything's gonna start to heat up. And you know, I know, we all know that right before that opening bell, we're all gonna be hyped up, because again, this is the biggest fight of the year. So before I talk about the rematch, and give my thoughts, give my prediction, I wanted to invite you guys. Well, before I do that, I wanted to apologize for this setup. So uh, as you see here, I have sort of a backdrop uh, by in between a couple of doors. I'm still getting settled in my moving situation, guys. I'm in a cramped little apartment. I don't have enough space here to do a proper studio setup. So uh, things are a little bit all over the place. I apologize for that. You're watching me rant into my phone here. You know, usually you guys know I do studio quality stuff. So it's a work in progress. It will be fixed soon. Right now, I'm still living out of boxes getting settled, okay? So apologies for that. But before I get started talking about the rematch, I want to invite all of you to check out my prediction video, my breakdown video for the first fight. Canelo, Triple G, the definitive guy. Just search for it, find it, watch it. Some of you are saying, hey, Montero, I already watched it last year why the hell should i watch it again and those of you who haven't watched it you're probably asking the same damn question it's a year old why the hell should i watch it because many if not most of the points that i cover in that video are just as relevant of the in rematch and some of them are actually more relevant in the rematch so i invite you to go back and watch that because a lot of the things i talk about those talking points in that video are just as relevant, if not more, coming into the rematch, okay, so make sure you do that. Uh, also, I want to invite you guys, uh, if you uh, subscribe to Ring Magazine, Boxing Monthly Magazine, whether you do or do not, check out some of my work related to this fight that I have done this summer. I wrote a comp- very comprehensive article in Ring Magazine a-, a couple months back that detailed the Climbuterol scandal with Canelo Alvarez that derailed the rematch originally set for earlier this year, postponed it, I should say, not derailed, but uh, most comprehensive story anyone has done on the Climbuterall scandal, front to back, top to bottom, okay, so check that out. Also, August issue, of, <clears throat> August issue of Boxing Monthly Magazine, I talk about the rematch I don't really go into the computer all thing as much because it's already been covered. It's actually more of a preview piece about what both fighters need to do differently in the rematch. So those of you again, if you subscribe to those magazines, great, check out those works. If you don't, go to your local bookstore, check them out, buy them online, whatever. There's apps, you can download digital versions. So make sure you check out that work, guys, because it's all relevant. It's all part of the stew. As we get ready for the rematch. So, before I get started uh, with the X's and O's, I just wanted to address something I've seen. I got some notes down here, bear with me as I reach down for them. Um, There are some memes going around right now with uh, Canelo Alvarez. Boom, check this out. You guys have seen this, right? Where he's looking swole as hell over here from a picture taken last year, and he's looking a lot more thin and trim in a picture that, uh, you know, he just took in camp. I think this is actually from a video he posted on Instagram. So what does this mean as it relates to the whole all thing? Is this evidence that Canelo Alvarez was doing something with the intent to cheat last year and now he's all thin and trim? At the risk of sounding like a Canelo Alvarez apologist, which, which I've been accused of uh, a lot this year by certain people who are unfamiliar with the consistency of my work. Um, guys, Don't believe everything you see on the damn internet, okay? Obviously, these two pictures are taken at different angles. Obviously, or we don't know, but we could assume they were taken at different points in fight camp. So, what I see here on this side, obviously, is a dude who's bigger than this one. Obviously. However, I also see a guy here with a lot more water weight on him. And if this was a picture taken after a lifting session at the beginning of camp you're going to look thicker you're going to look bigger as opposed to right here which is about a week before the fight when you've shed a ton of water weight you're focusing on the weigh-in that's taking place the night before or the day before the fight. So this isn't concrete evidence this is stuff you're seeing on the internet. As it relates to Canelo Alvarez and whether he was using clenbuterol with the intent to cheat or not, we will never know for 100% sure. But either way, it was his fault for ingesting that substance, that banned prohibited drug. And he did his time. But the best evidence we can have is how he performed September 15th. If he has issues making weight, if he doesn't have the same late round surge, late round stamina that he had in the first fight last year, if he doesn't have that in the rematch, that's a huge giveaway. If his punch resistance is different, if his power looks different, all those things are dead giveaways, okay? So the best evidence we can have for Canelo Alvarez and what may or may not have been happening behind the scenes in camp or in between camps down there in Mexico will be September 15th based upon what we see in the ring. So ignore all the crap going back and forth between both fight camps, all the trash talk being said. Same thing goes with the hand wraps thing and the stacking. Um, Look, I I could do a whole hour long video on that. As far as I'm concerned, if I'm Team Golovkin, if you see them doing that in that dressing room, stacking the hand wraps I do the same damn thing in my dressing room I'd also do Facebook live videos blasting it out there showing what's going on you guys know that's already going to happen okay so the best evidence for all that will happen September 15th now let's actually talk about the fight when it comes down to the rematch and what both men need to do who needs to change more based upon what they did last year Who has the ability to make those adjustments? That's the question here. Let's talk about Gennady Golovkin first, okay? Let me go back to my notes here, okay? With Golovkin, and I'm just looking at punch numbers here, and I get it, guys, punch numbers are not the end-all, be-all, they're not gospel, I get it. But they do give an indication as to what took place in a fight they do. And we can look at punch stats of fighters throughout their career against different opponents, and we can find trends, we could do trending analysis, and we could use those statistics as predictors for the future. Now with Golovkin, I'm just looking at his punch stats here against Canelo Alvarez, I'm not going to read these things out, you know, word for word here. But in the first two rounds, he threw less than 40 punches. From round three on, it was 60-plus punches around he threw, except I think in the ninth, he only threw 58. So, a lack of activity up front. And Golovkin has been a slow starter in a lot of fights. But a lot of fights before this were not on, actually, no fights. We're on the big stage in Las Vegas against the biggest whale in boxing right now. Much different, uh, the, the, the body language and the appearance says a lot. No surprise, I'm looking here at the scorecard, all three judges gave Canelo Alvarez the first two rounds. It was unanimous. Even though Canelo himself collectively didn't throw more punches than Golovkin in the first two rounds, Golovkin threw more and landed more. That doesn't matter. It's all about perception. And the perception going in is that Canelo Alvarez is the quote-unquote boxer. Gennady Golovkin is the quote-unquote stalker. So when you see the stalker coming forward but not throwing as much as you're used to him throwing, as you're used to seeing him throw, starting off slow in those first couple rounds, and you see the boxer counter-punching and not throwing a lot, you don't expect the boxer to throw a lot in the back of your mind. You expect the stalker to swarm or two. Those first two rounds, Gennady Golovkin, lack of activity, cost him on all three judges' scorecards. Had he split those first two rounds, had he won one of them, forget Adelaide Byrd's disgusting, atrocious, ridiculous scorecard, which she was never punished for, actually, Uh, but I digress. The other two judges, if Golovkin gets one of those first two rounds, he wins the fight, majority decision. Something that minor can have that big of an impact, especially in Vegas, where everything is elevated. So, number one thing for Gennady Golovkin, start faster. Right in the first two rounds, throw more punches. It's about perception. It's about body language. It shows the judges something, all right? Second thing, vary up the jab. I thought Gennady Golovkin did a great job. He landed over 100 jabs in the first fight with Canelo. Landed at 30% accuracy. But one thing he didn't do well with the jab, for my money, he didn't vary it up. Meaning, not just the speed. You're coming here, boom, 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 right? Different speeds, but different angles, different trajectories. Don't jab just at Canelo's head. Jab to the chest. Jab to the shoulders. When you got a guy that's, you know, doing all this head movement and shit, jab to the chest. Back him up. When you're doing this shit and you get jabbed in the chest, it's going to push you back. Again, perception, judges, they see that shit. Back your opponent up. Punch to the shoulders, punch to the chest. Don't just jab upstairs. Golovkin, even though he landed 30% of his jabs, and that's damn good compared to most fighters, he he was more inaccurate in this fight than he was in more recent fights. Let me look at this fight against Danny Jacobs. Now, he landed 30% of his jabs in that fight, but power punches against Jacobs, he landed over 48% of his power punches. Why? because he wasn't just head-hunting, he was going downstairs. He was throwing to the chest, to the shoulders. I even think the shot that he knocked Jacobs down with against the ropes, some of those punches were around at this level before he finally caught him leaning back and dropped him. I can't remember what round that was in that fight. He wasn't doing that enough against Canelo. So I want to see him vary up the punches, starting with the jab, but obviously, you guys know where I'm going next, body work. He's got to go to the body more. He went to the body more against Jacobs. It slowed him down. He was more accurate with the power punching. Remember, power punching is anything that is not a jab. Golovkin going downstairs, setting it up with a very jab. You know what I'm saying? You might be coming here with this angle. You might be shooting here. You might be coming up with the jab, up jabbing, down jabbing. But setting it up, that very jab, and then coming behind to the body sometimes, punching at the shoulders, punching at the chest. Going downstairs to the body, that's why he was more accurate in in terms of power punching against Jacobs, who is a bigger, more athletic guy than Canelo. Maybe not as good defensively, but definitely a better athlete, taller, longer, certainly has more distance and range when he's fighting smartly. So Golovkin able to land more accurately with power punches on guys like Jacobs because he varied up the attack. Against Canelo, let me see, where's my graphic? He landed eight. Body shots. Canelo, what he did very well in that first fight, he landed, let's see, uh, 44 body shots. Again, about perception. If you got a guy, you're a judge. Now, judges aren't supposed to do this. They're supposed to look at every round of every fight as a new fight and forget what happened before, but they're human. And when they look at a guy like Golovkin, who is known for going to the body, varying up the attack, and he only throws, lands, eight body punches against Canelo, that gets in the judge's mind. What do do you think Adelaide Byrd was thinking? Again, not a very good judge, but a very, uh, uh, one who works a lot, works a lot of big fights. What do you think she was thinking? This guy's not going downstairs because he's afraid of what's coming back to him. He doesn't want to dedicate himself, he doesn't want to get down here, dedicate himself to a body attack because he's afraid of what's coming back at his head perception, what the judges are seeing and thinking about body language, right? Golovkin knows when you go to the body against a counterpuncher, and Canelo is a very underrated counterpuncher, he's one of the best in the game right now, he really truly is, you're going to take some shots. When you go downstairs, especially if you don't squat down to get those shots off, if you're just leaning down, you're going to take some shots. But if you're willing to take those punches to land to the body, round after round of this even if it doesn't land to the ribs, even if it just lands on the arms and the chest, like I said before, it changes the dynamic of a fight. And it changes the perception of the crowd, the network executive announcer dudes, the media people, and the judges, right? So you got to go down there if if you're Golovkin. Last thing, leave no doubt. What do I mean by that? Don't leave it in the judges' hands. Now, this fight... Spoiler alert, it's going all 12 rounds. But when I mean don't leave it into the judges' hands, don't assume anything. I think that there is a bit of uh, naivety on Team Golovkin going into the first fight. Those of you who follow my work and you have for a while, and especially those of you who subscribe to Boxing Monthly Magazine, you saw my preview piece last year. I did a big feature piece previewing the first fight, and I talked to everybody involved on both sides. And I asked Gennady Golovkin himself, we talked over the phone, Abel Sanchez, Tom Lothar I asked all three of them individually going into that first fight, do you think you can get a fair shake in Vegas? Do you think the judges would treat you right? All three of them, emphatically. Oh, hell yeah. There's so many people watching this fight. It's the biggest fight in the sport, of course. I think they were a little naive, to be honest. And I think they'd admit that now. They know now that they are not going to get a fair shake in Vegas. I talked about the punch numbers in the first two rounds last year, where basically they punched even. Collectively, in the first two rounds, Golovkin threw a few more punches. He landed a couple more. They were very, very close. Canelo got those rounds, swept them on all three judges' scorecards. Why? He's the house guy. He's the boxer. And in close rounds, boxers, i want going to use a lot of air quotes in this video, They are always going to get the benefit of the doubt against a guy, even if he is a boxer, but isn't seen that way for whatever reason, whether it's demographics, it's politics, or it's just the perception of how the networks and the promoters have built the guy up. And for Golovkin, it's a combination of all those things. But when you have a fight or a round that is fairly even in terms of punch activity, uh, quality punches landed, the boxer will almost always get the benefit of the doubt in Las Vegas. Outside of Las Vegas, different story. But in Las Vegas, that house boxer, Floyd Mayweather against everybody, uh, Andre Ward against uh, Sergey Kovalev, Canelo Alvarez against Gennady Golovkin, I can go on and on and on here. They're Generally speaking, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Don't leave it in the judge's hands. Leave no doubt. That means if you're Golovkin, throw 10, 15 more punches around, even if you only land three of them. Go to the body more. Jab more. Fill the gaps. Fill the void. So during parts of rounds where both guys are kind of just standing there and fainting, especially if you got a guy moving on you, fill that space with this it doesn't matter if it lands. Just fill the gap. There's a gap here. Fill it. Gap here. Fill it. Do that shit for three minutes of a round. Leave no doubt. If your opponent isn't doing anything to fill that gap, but you are, you will win the fight. That is how Golovkin got the decision over Daniel Jacobs in their fight in New York. Bottom line, guys. Boxing 101. Fill the gaps with the jab. Leave no doubt. That's what Golovkin has to do in this rematch. Now let's look at Canelo Alvarez. As I just mentioned, fill the gaps. Now for Canelo, who likes to fight in spurts and have these little bursts of activity that look fancy because you're doing all this, right? And then you spin out on the ropes. You do a little shimmy. You smile. Get the crowd into it. Partisan Mexican-American crowd. The judges see that shit, okay, cool. That might work for some judges. It worked for Adelaide Bird. She thought Canelo dominated the fight. But most objective judges who actually know how to score a fight will look at what the other guy or what both guys are doing the other two minutes and 30 seconds of a round. What you might be doing looks great for 30 seconds, but there's three minutes in a round, there's 180 seconds. So if the other guy, is doing the better quality work during that time, even if it's not as flashy, if it doesn't look as awesome on Instagram as your 30 seconds of work, it's gonna be hard for you to consistently win rounds with objective judges that know what the hell they're doing. It works for the Adelaide birds of the world, but other judges aren't gonna be fooled by that shit. You've gotta fight more consistently. If you're Canelo Alvarez, fill the gaps. When you're backing up, when you're doing all this shit, Throw a shot out there. Keep a jab going. Do something. Even if you're down here and you're jabbing up, you're shooting up, fill the gaps. When you back up, take a couple steps back. Boom, boom. Then take a couple more steps back. Don't just step back four times and reset. Take one, two, pop, one, two. Right? Fill the gaps. Fill the space. If he does that, he can win some of those close rounds that may not go his way in this rematch because you have to understand... The psychology of everybody coming in is most people feel Golovkin won the first fight. The Vegas establishment is really, really concerned of the whole world seeing Adelaide Bird's horrible scorecard, and some people in the media, Pat Self on the back, wouldn't let her get away with it and put Bob Bennett on blast last year. So now everyone's looking at the Nevada Commission, and they know that. So they're going to be way more cognizant of watching those close rounds. So for Canelo, he's got to fill them gaps. He can't fight for 30 seconds at a time. He's got to fight three minutes a round. I know this stuff sounds elementary, right? But sometimes it's the most simple adjustments that help you go from here to here. It's just boxing, guys. Boxing 101. The X's and O's of boxing are pretty simple, right? It's the hardest sport in the world in terms of discipline and what you sacrifice. But the X's and O's of it, relatively simple. Second thing for Canelo, and this kind of plays off the first thing, but jab with intent. What do I mean by that? Canelo Alvarez, looking again at the punch numbers, threw over 200 jabs in the first fight, landed 55 of them, and almost none of them were of substance. Very, very rarely rarely do we see more than one jab at a time. We very rarely saw boom, 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 right? We didn't see varying up of the jab. We didn't see multiples. And we didn't see a hard, stiff jab that was meant to back Golovkin up and make him reset. Everything Golovkin does, coming forward, setting up, coming forward, setting up, coming forward, setting up. How do you disrupt that? Watch what Alexander Usyk did against Murat Gassiev. Basic. Now, Murat Gassiev is nowhere near on the same stratosphere as Gennady Golovkin. I am not saying that. And Canelo Alvarez may not be on the same stratosphere as Alexander Usyk. The jury's still out on that. But the X's and O's of it, pretty basic. Jab, 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 spin. Jab, 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 push. Jab, 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 push. That's all you got to do. You do that for 12 rounds, you win a fight. So... Jab with intent Canelo is the faster guy He's got the faster feet He's definitely got the faster hands Use your damn speed Golovkin's giving you An open target to land jabs Even if he blocks Most of them What do I keep talking about? Perception, body language Judges see that shit You got one guy coming here picking off jabs And you got another guy moving them, Moving them. Moving them, bow, right hand. Moving them, bow, right to the body. You got another guy doing that for three minutes around. Who's gonna get that round? Simple. He, if you're Canelo, take what Golovkin is giving you. You're moving backwards, he's coming forward. You got the faster hands. You see his target up there? Nail it. Hit his damn hands, hit his gloves, hit his wrists, hit his forearms. Just freaking jab. And Canelo, I I never understood, he doesn't use the jab very much. He throws it, he doesn't land it. He doesn't jab with authority. And guys who fight Canelo start to realize that halfway through a fight. This dude's jab. there's nothing on it. I can walk through this shit. I don't have to worry about it that much. And that's why you tend to see Canelo fade late in fights. Now, you didn't see that against Golovkin, but we've seen it in other fights. Part of the reason why he fades, yeah, there's some stamina issues and everything else, but it's also because his opponents realize this jab is nothing. I could just walk through this shit. He's just throwing it out there to try to score points with judges. Well, guess what? I'll eat a couple of those so I can get this in, so I can go downstairs, whatever I got to do. So Canelo has to jab with intent, okay? Big one for him. Also... He's want, he wants the counterpunch. Again, he's backing up. He's ha- he wants Golovkin to come to him, guard up, ready to strike when he gets an opening. So if you're bringing him in and you're trying to feint him, and that's also part of what Canelo does with the jab. I understand that, okay, guys? I understand he's going to paw and feint with the jab to try to get you to throw. If that's the strategy, when you counter, counter in combination, if a guy's coming at you and you're fainting with the jab, you get in the reach, pow, cool, you scored a point. But if you're not hurting him, if you're not backing him up, if you're not forcing him to reset, again, perception, that's gonna be the word. That and the air quotes will be the two things of this video that everyone makes fun of me for. But it's, uh, guys, it, I'm serious. This, this is just basics, right? If you're pawing with the jab, you're getting the guy to reach, cool, get your shot off, but throw two throw three and most importantly put some stank on the last one you could go pop 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 pop. okay that looks cool again on instagram videos that looks awesome and then in carefully selected videos on youtube you can make it look like you want to fight that way but if that's a five second little clip out of a three minute round and the other guy is coming forward the rest of the round guess who won the damn round i don't care how cool this shit looks so what you do is Get that combination, get that counter off, and then the last one, put your ass into it. So not only do you get the flashy combo, but you do some damage with the last shot that your opponent doesn't see coming because he's blinded by the flash. Blind. How do you think Vasily Lomachenko knocked out Jorge Linares? Is it because he's bigger and stronger? No. It's because he had him up here, blinded by this combo up here, and then, bow, downstairs... He had him stretched out, not looking. That was it. Canelo Alvarez can get that done in this fight. Put some ass into that last shot, in the counters. And counter in combination. Okay, last thing for Canelo, and I actually think this is the biggest one. Focus on the damn fight. Ignore the mind games. Now, I talked a little before about the articles I've written about the whole lead-up to this thing and There's a lot of bad blood between these guys now. They clearly don't like each other. The respect is gone. You guys all know Gennady Golovkin accused Canelo of cheating, of being a dirty fighter. Abel Sanchez has gone in and said all kinds of stuff. They've leaked videos about the hand wrap thing with a Nevada official right there saying it's okay. All of this stuff. Do I really think Gennady Golovkin and Abel Sanchez, Tom Loeffler sit in a room together eating lunch talking about how they really really think that canelo alvarez is a cheater he's the lance armstrong of boxing no maybe there's a kernel of truth to that right they might think that the bigger thing here guys it's mind games they're messing with canelo they're messing with canelo's promoters they're messing with Bob Bennett's head. They're messing with the three judges' heads. They're messing with the referee's head, with the HBO guy's head. It's genius. And it's working. Because all this stuff about, oh, we're not going to face each other uh, during the whole fight promotion until, until the, the week of the fight. All that stuff, that didn't come from Golovkin. That came from Canelo. Canelo's been the one posting videos on social media. I'm going to kick your blanking ass, right? I'm going to mess you up. He's the one posting that stuff on Instagram, not Golovkin. They are clearly in this guy's head. Now, will Canelo fight better angry? Will he fight better with animosity? Possibly. Maybe this will uh, come back to haunt Golovkin. And they'll go down crashing in flames because they've pissed off Canelo so much. He's going to fight with an edge we've never seen him fight with before. And he's going to go for the victory. Or maybe, just maybe, they've got him thinking about so many things other than the fight itself that they're coming in with a mental edge that they didn't have the first time. That's what I tend to think is happening here. I think Canelo has to shut up all the noise. And I understand maybe that's partly why he didn't want to see Golovkin in any of the the hype and the buildup and the promotion for this fight. I get it. But if he's concentrated on proving everybody wrong about this clenbuterol thing, if he's more focused on clearing his name and showing that it really was an accident and he really was not using performance enhancing drugs with the intent to cheat and all this thing is just a crazy mishap. If he's thinking about that shit, and he's trying to, you know, clear his name and vindicate himself, he ain't thinking about Golovkin. That's why Golovkin did this. It didn't come from him. It was suggested to him to go this route. That's all I'm going to say about it. But it's genius what those guys have done. And if Canelo comes into this fight thinking about, oh man, Are the judges going to try to make up for Adelaide Byrd? Oh man, is that heated reporter asshole going to go off on Bob Bennett again? Oh man, if I don't have stamina in these last two rounds, are people going to think I was cheating with performance-enhancing drugs this whole time to cut weight? If he's thinking about any of that shit, he loses this fight, and he loses big. It won't be close. So that is the biggest, most important thing for Canelo Alvarez. That is the X factor in this fight. All right, let's get to the actual prediction now. Um, Let me make sure I covered all my, uh, my notes here. Yeah, okay. So, based on everything I just said, based on the psychology of this fight, Not just the fighters themselves, not just their trainers, not just the HBO crew with Jim Lampley and Cuck Kellerman, or I mean Max, sorry, and uh, and Roy Jones and all those guys. Not just the Vegas judges, but all the fans, how they're going to be reacting to every punch, every feint, right? The whole psychology of this thing. I see another 12-round distance fight. I don't see any knockdowns. I see Gennady Golovkin winning a unanimous decision. One judge may have it wider than it should be in favor of Golovkin. But I think the other two will have it uh, where it should be. And I think in the end, Gennady Golovkin wins a close, narrow decision in a good quality fight that I think will be a better fight start to finish than the last one. I actually think we're going to get another another good fight and a a better undercard. I think we're going to get a better card top to bottom. And that's a good thing, right? Then what happens after this? Do they do a third fight? If this fight really is good, it really is close, and Canelo kind of vindicates himself in a way by fighting hard all, all through the 12 rounds and putting together a better performance than he did last year, and Golovkin shows that he is the truth, He's not a joke. He's not a HBO hype machine, as so many out there say. And he has an even better performance than last year as a 36-year-old man. It is possible. And the next big fight in boxing is going to be between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. And they're going to have a two or three fight series themselves that goes into 2020. I was, for the longest time, thinking that fight would happen next spring. But now I'm thinking it's going to happen next fall. So if we get a good fight here, it is possible we could see Golovkin and Canelo do it a third time next Cinco de Mayo weekend. That is possible. But after next Cinco de Mayo, the due date's over with. You know, it's just past its its freshness date. People are already kind of burnt out on all the drama and back and forth. I think all that will go away if we get a good fight. Saturday, September 15th. I really, really do. I think fans will be invigorated again. But the cancel date, the due date, next, next Cinco de Mayo. After that, we're not going to see these guys together again. Both of them have crazy options. If Canelo wins, the world is his oyster. He's the top guy in boxing. I understand Anthony Joshua puts 90,000 butts in seats, but he doesn't do anywhere near the income Canelo Alvarez does. So if he beats Gennady Golovkin fair and square, and he's doing full year-round Olympic-style drug testing at his own expense, by the way, the only fighter in boxing doing that right now, the world's his oyster, and he can write his own ticket, and he will still be the number one guy. Even if he loses, though, in a respectable way, he's still one of the biggest brands in the sport. If he truly feels he can move back down to 154 pounds, that division's about to be solidified. Jarrett Hurd is going to fight with Charlo. They're going to solidify that division. Canelo would have an opponent to fight there for all the marbles. If he wants to stay at 160, there's a million options there for him as well. If Golovkin loses respectably in a close fight, Same thing with him. He's got a million options still. He's still one of the bigger brands, and he's one of the few guys HBO still has. If he wins, he's probably going to be the top guy in the sport right now. And I understand, again, I talked about Anthony Joshua selling the tickets and everything else, but Golovkin's going to be seen as the top guy because he has the credentials at this point if he beats Canelo fair and square. So from there, there's a million options for him. Okay, so both of these guys economically are going to be just fine going into next year and forward. But the winner will be one of the top guys in the sport, obviously, if not the top guy. You guys, know who, fo- you guys who follow me know right now I have uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Terrence Crawford, number one and number two, right there at the top. Right below that, right now, I have Gennady Golovkin, number three pound for pound. I have Oleksandr Usyk, number four. I have Mikey Garcia, number five. Errol Spence is nipping right at his heels at number six. If the winner of this fight, depending on their performance and how they win and what kind of fight we get, might be elevated to the number one spot. They certainly, certainly will be number one in terms of blockbuster star status. So that's how I feel about it, guys. Let me know what you think. What am I forgetting? What did I not cover? What do you disagree with? What do you agree with? It's okay to agree sometimes, too. Let's get the party started. I'll see you guys in Vegas. Those of you who are going to be out there, get at me. Let's have a beer. Let's talk some boxing. I'll see you at the fights.